Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Blog Talk Radio. powers to oppress people, African power to an African, people in black power, man, what's up? It's your brother Yang Nkrumah, Chairman Yang Nkrumah, <clears throat> however, from the various ways you may know me, coming to you today on Tuesday. Let's talk about it. You know, this is actually, you know what, I'm going to be completely and totally honest. This is like one of my favorite times to come on the radio. Not that I don't enjoy every other time, but why this time is just one of my favorites. It's Tuesdays to me, let's talk about is is an, is an opportunity for me to really just get loose and for you, the listener, to just call in. There is no political – with any of my shows, I don't really go by so-called political correctness anyway, For you know, for those who listen. But, you know, especially on Let's Talk About It, it is just time to really just rap and to be candid, you know what I'm saying, and to be frank um, because that's what it's going to take. This week, this Tuesday, man, I want to just talk about 2020, and I'm camelbacking. I'm borrowing heavily from Sunday show at the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination uh, from Big Mama's house when she did, uh, when Big Mama did, uh, her topic was 2020 is crazy. I may not be saying exactly how it was, but that's where I'm borrowing from heavily because I thought it was a good topic. Even though we had our guy calling Zach, whom I invited tonight, a white nationalist, I thought that his comments and uh, his opinion on some things was very interesting. So I did give him an invitation to call in tonight. We can further that dialogue. Um, but, you know, as tonight with any night, waiting on my other brother to come in with me, Brother Shaka, to come on in and pop up so we can get it started. 
on so we can get his take. But I'm going to get it started, man. We're going to talk about 2020, you know. And why I said I took for that, hers was 2020 is crazy. And I absolutely agree. 2020 has been a year of just complete, utter chaos. If nothing else, it has been a year that I think has forced black people in America to really examine their position here. Everything from economically, socially, culturally, uh, physically, you name it, 2020 has really forced us to take a realistic look at how we're perceived in America and internationally, and internationally. One of the things that uh, the whole George Floyd thing has sparked is, you know, people, I'm I'm an internationalist. I'm a revolutionary. So I'm always kind of peeking my head internationally to see how black people in America, how the African here in America, the new African, is perceived uh, internationally, not just from his enemies, his self-proclaimed enemies. Let me say that. Let me throw that out to you. I think that's important. You know, they'll try to hit you with, well, we can all get along. You guys are self-proclaimed enemies. You don't like me. I don't have the tools, the wherewithal, any of that to practice some of the discrimination and bullshit you've perpetrated against my people and every other people, uh, minority people or people that you've come across. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother radio program. So it's forced us to look at ourselves. And I, I think it wasn't just to George Floyd. I think that that has blown up, you know, the physical, the first law of nature, self-preservation, I've been taught. So that blowing up. Uh, that physical threat or that threat to our person is really going to be take precedence. It's going to be foremost. It's going to be the thing that, you know, really captures all the attention because life is sacred and especially my life and your life, brother. It's just the black lives matter. <laughs> black life is sacred, especially my people, you know, matters understatement. I'm not knocking anybody's little movement or organization. But I said all that to say this. We also must remember what factored into that. It was COVID-19. We're still going through that. We still were hit with the reality that our social condition leads to poor health conditions, which aren't covered, which leads to exposing the contradictions of said state and society, your health coverage, your health care, for all of those all of those of us that are apathetic to politics, you know what I'm saying, who don't get involved with the politics, and I'm not saying go vote or anything like that, but I am saying, realistically, this at least shows you how politics affects you. You know what I'm saying, which I don't know if um, any people really knew about the whole Obamacare thing. Uh, that was going on. And I can understand people in certain tax brackets having a problem with it from a economic class standpoint, but from a black standpoint, how could you? Shame on you. If health care is being afforded to those people who historically have been, have not been afforded the, not, not even the luxury, just the Necessity, given the a basic necessity 
the basic access to health care and proper health information and proper foods. We got food deserts. And those of you that don't know what a food desert is, I'll just try to say what it is briefly. There there are places that uh, foods, there are places, neighborhoods, communities, where their food outlets hold no nutritional value. You got food places. You got these fast food. You got uh, even your grocery stores carry all the junk. But you don't have places that really put out the things you need for nutritional value. So that's leading to the health issues that you find that was really uh, people with COVID that was um, really susceptible to catching it and dying from it. And then we start getting getting frightening reports. And I may have my people, oh, you're being on conspiracy theory, bro. Those frightening reports of intentional and deliberate murders in the hospital. The intentional spread of COVID. Further experiment. You can call me conspiracy theory if you want to. I saw a great post. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the brother said, or the says, I wish I could remember who posted, said, you know, something to the effect. We're running around here like COVID-19 or something is, isn't real or like this couldn't happen. Have we forgotten the Tuskegee experiments? So call it conspiracy if you want to. There's presidents. Uh, conspiracy if you want to, excuse me. There's presidents for that thought pattern. There's a president. There's a historic point. I can go back and in a textbook, and I'm not talking about 200 years ago, 150 years ago. I'm talking about yesterday that we can see the experiments performed on, and those are just the ones we know about that they were so exposed that denial would have been more would have been worse than owning up to it. That's how exposed they have to be. You almost have to catch their hand in the cookie jar. You can't see because they're not going to admit to cookie crumbs. Well, you got crumbs on your mouth. It don't mean I ate a cookie. Did you see me eat the cookie? If you haven't seen me eat the cookie, then I haven't eaten the cookie. And we play into the so-called law game or that line of reasoning going against our own common sense. How do you think we keep getting in the position to be brutalized? We keep following that line of reasoning. And we begin to uh, divide them as if, you know, a nature isn't a nature, as if it isn't just a part of who they are. You don't have to despise it. You don't have to embrace it. But you must accept it. It is a part of who they are. I don't care how deeply layered it is. I don't care how much of an act they put on. It is their white privilege and white entitlement, a certain expectation from America for white people. They have that. When they're born, they expect a certain thing. It's white entitlement. If it doesn't go that way, Lord help everybody. If they don't get on the building and shoot everybody, they might jump. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they can't handle when it doesn't go their way. So we're looking at that, and I somewhere along the line, maybe with the materialism, maybe with, you know, the so-called comforts that we thought we had, the so-called freedoms we had, and the, you know, that because we're old heads. 
We're not saying we've given up the fight. We'll never give up the fight. But the fight looks a little different. When your knees hurt and your back aches and your bank account is negative from donating and contributing and trips you're taking. And you, you, you tend to look at the fight a little differently. You don't you remember when you were young and you jumped to every fight? If they were fighting, you were there. Yeah, where's that? I'm there. Even if you had to sleep on the floor. The fight is a little different when you're older. Now add the disconnect with the young people. And not only the disconnect, their culture. We must take in consideration the subculture to an already questionable culture. We already argue about the culture of so-called black America. Now, I had the subculture of prescription medication, over-sexualization, criminalization, every typeization that is destructive to the involvement, the positive involvement of a black people is being promoted and pushed. And not by you or I. You and I don't possess the capabilities to really, no, wait a minute, let me slow down. Let me slow down because, yo, we have made, what's unfortunate is, okay, I think this is my brother here, too. Wakusu, brother. Hey, Wakusu, brother, what's going on? Man, what's going on, man? Just sitting here doing a little something, man, rapping, talking about 2020, which I hope, I'm you know, just the whole taking it in perspective, you know, because the question came up to me one time, Shaka, and then even that you and I talked about, we can get the toes in here about, you know, where are we going? What are we going to do? Why is this so much different uh, than any other time? And so that's what just sparked this whole thought, because my thing was, you know, I know with, uh, like I said, hey, your physical person should be the most important thing to you. Your physical person. Indeed. If you, if your physical person is out of order, you can't do for family. You can't do for God. You can't do for people. Whatever you hold as a priority, if you're out of whack, you can't contribute. So you, so right. I understand. The, I, I understand the whole thing of look that taking center stage, but I don't want us to forget what everything that led up to it. You know, it isn't just it's to me. I think it was, in my opinion, of course, just really a big, fat reality check for black America. It really exposed the lack of everything, the lack of protection from state, the lack of uh, just everything. What do you, what's your right. take on that? I'm on, I'm on the same page, man. I mean, two things are happening right now. One, uh, black America is getting a definite chin up, you know, a checkup for the neck up for sure. All the dreams and facades mm-hmm. are being crushed. Some of us are right in line with that, like, hey, it is what it is. We knew it was like that. Others, it's a wake-up call. You know, along with that, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm witnessing the unraveling of the, why of, the lie of white supremacy. You know, as we would say mm-hmm. in the nation, we say, you know, they, the 6,000 years is up, you know, and we see that now. We see it unfolding in front of us, you know, and they see it unfolding in front of them. So it leads to a lot of questions. You know, what you were saying earlier, you know, the entitlement thing, white, white America is having a, a massive temper tantrum right now. They can't, you know, they can't fathom that. What do you mean nice. I can't do this? Nice. What, do you, what do you mean I can't do that? Like, that is not even in the script. You know, anytime, I think I told you before, I said, you know, it's, it's funny to me. I said, you know, 
police officers, let's be real, they're soldiers. They're soldiers for the state. A soldier takes an oath, and their oath in particular was to protect and serve, et cetera. But they, the worst thing a soldier could do is drop their flag or drop their, their, their insignia representing who they are in the middle of the battlefield. So you mean to tell me because you can't abuse black people freely and without any check, or better yet, now white people are being forced to, to be equal in the eyes of the so-called law. So if you do something, you're going to get the same slap on the hand that I'm going to get. It's no different now. Oh, so now we're not doing this. We're throwing this down. We're not having it. You know, we see that. We, mm-hmm. see, the massive, uh, we see the massive walkouts taking place within the, uh, the business factor of America. A lot of CEOs are just jumping it in now. They're out of here. Somebody raised a question to me. They said, with all the taking down of the statues, which, by the way, I don't really have a beef with, but they said, you know, how do we know that the taking down of these statues is not just the cleansing of America that's already been sold? You know, something else to look at. Yeah. You know, you know like how you yeah. can take away all the statues. This ain't America no more. So whose is it? Yeah. You know, so it's a lot going on, yeah. man. And I think that on on the on the, the analytical point for black people, it's just a prime time for us to do our thing. Like stop holding on with them. Let them go. You know, they won't want us, we don't want them. It's cool. Let's start making this separation. Let's start building so we don't see at least in this generation, our children We'll start out with that clean slate. I, you know what? And I, I totally agree. But one of the things I think we're having a problem with is having a concise vision, a clear vision. I don't know if we've accepted. What is what is that free look like if we've really accepted two Americas, that there is a black America? Like when we talk about freedom, freedom for an enslaved people always looks like other people's freedom. You know, we, exactly. we, we want to go straight back to Africa. We want to emulate everything, Ephi, Islamic, Christian, whatever. So our freedom is not. So what does that look like for, like, black people? We, I, you know, have we accepted a so-called black America? And I'm using that for lack of terminology, listeners. Don't jump in my way. Right, right. to call it black America or whatever. I'm using <laughs> yeah, it for lack yeah. of terminology. You know, you know how we get on semantics. So, but. Have we accepted the fact that there are some things that are particular to us that are Western? I don't even say Western eyes because that implies you were something before that. And our ancestors were, but us right. here realistically have a, you know, um, not only have we been influenced culturally, we have culturally influenced. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's this whole, uh, this whole uh, what do they call it, symbiotic relationship with America that's going on. So when you say some of us are still fighting a better America looks to them still very multicultural, still very mixed. We can all get along. I say good luck on your dream. Not even good luck on your dream. I say wake up. You can't change white people's sentiment. And then some of us, like I said, don't have that vision of freedom. So we want to emulate other people. So what, when we say freedom, you know, what is it? I think the core of freedom is self-determination. And the core of self-determination is the word self. You know, we have to decide what is the self. You know, I see a lot of people pulling in different directions. You got to remember, first of all, we're new Africans. You know, we stress that constant. We're new Africans. I'm not the African on the continent. That's my cousin. You know, we, we are cousins to each other. We're kin to each other. But I have my own reality here. You know, I got my own thing going on here. You got yams, I got candid yams. You know, you, you got whatever green, I got collard greens. 
It's, it's a different reality for me, and I and I think we need to accept that and stop running from it. I and and, and within that within that gumbo, because that's what we got. We we're privileged to have a cultural gumbo. Within that gumbo, I can pick and choose. Like this, I'm gonna use the movie with uh, uh, Black Panther, the Wakanda scene. You know, in that Wakanda scene. There were like bits and pieces of all of Africa in that scene, from the clothing to the languages to the look. It was like a gumbo of the continent, and that was Wakanda. Well, I'm not saying we're Wakanda, but culturally we are. Culturally, we can take some Ifa, we can take some some Benin, we can take some this and some that and some that and some this down to the Caribbean, mix it up, throw it in, and we got our own little pot going on. And we got to start embracing that about ourselves instead of trying to overwhelm one another which is very European, we need to first let go of that European dominance, that European need to conquer and convert and just accept one another and understand that we are part of one big gumbo. And I think if we can do that, we'll be all right. And it's really, and you know what the the crazy part is, the banding part about all of it is, is it really is that simple. It's, it's just yeah. about accepting. You know what I'm saying? But the first thing I love what you said is letting letting go of the devil. You know, we embrace, man, we really have embraced the devil. And even those of us who've culturally accepted our ancestral ways still in in practice emulate the devil. Like what uh, Brother Shaka mm-hmm. said, man, I totally agree. We're just trying to overpower and dominate and impose your will, your opinion, or your philosophy on the people. Check it out. Y'all listening to Let's Talk About It. We're talking about the just the whole craziness of 2020 and the stuff that leads up to it. Some of my, you know, you may have questions about it or comments about, about it. Push one, we'll recognize you. Open up the mic and let you get into uh, conversation. One of the things I'd love to hear some of the listeners um, talk about, because I have questions on and Shaka, you can chime in, is, you know, with all the things we know, some of the things that contribute, are we really devising or coming up with a plan to try to combat it? And I'm not going to say black leadership. I think we need to talk about that. You know, I think that that's right. something that has to be redefined in the black community. Because, I, you know, this black leadership, and when I talk to different people about it, I get different takes. But one of the main characteristics I'm always hearing, the thing that is always similar is this uh, Masonic type of, you know, uh, reverence and awe that when they talk about the black right. leader that they almost, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. for real. They're walking on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're walking on air. One of the things that, and I'm not saying we shouldn't look into people's morals and ethics, especially if they're trying to take a out front role. But, I, you know, to really hold them up, first of all, the mythical standards uh, and right. to people that regardless of how much we believe, I believe in a lot of prophets and a lot of things that could be questioned. I personally do, but to pose it on people that I couldn't back up with actual factual, that's why they call it faith. I don't impose that and I don't argue it. So to hold right. people to those standards that I really can't uh, back up in taking leadership in fields that they're more than qualified in, I think is a thing that holds us back. You may have a cold economist, brother, sister may know they stuff, but because, uh, you know, they got called drunk driving, we will really right. not want to take economic theory from them. And, you know, and it's the damn exactly, thing. Exactly. So, a lot of that comes from you that, know, that, that age old church mentality that we were all indoctrinated. 
you know, no matter mm-hmm. what our adult religions are, most ninety percent of us started in the Christian principle belief, you know. And even with Islam, those who grew up say, "Well, I grew up, I was born a Muslim." Yeah, you were born a Muslim, but the way it was taught to you is with the same connotation as the Christianity was taught to them: damnation and right. judgment, which which is very not African at all. You know what I mean? And so with that kind of training, we go through life with that view. You know, it's like, like you said, like the dope fiend is high on dope telling me get off dope, but I'm going to tell you now nah, because you on dope, you can't tell me to get off dope. <laughs> you know, that like how ridiculous right. is that? You know, right. <laughs> I mean, even, you know, just take it, like, take it away from black movement, take it to our families. You know, you know damn well your cousin was a goddamn crook. <laughs> he was a thief. Right. He was a cousin, but he was a thief. He was a crook. He was a cheat. We know that. But then everybody get up there. He was the best person I ever met. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Like, we don't have to do that. You know, he was all right. He's my man. Let's not go there. You know what I mean? So we got to really be right, serious right. about that. And then, and that, that goes into the movement, too. I think, like, I told somebody when I was in Tulsa, like, yesterday, I was talking to some people out there. And I told them, I said, like, the paradigm that we have built on leadership, quite frankly, whatever day Allah takes Minister Farrakhan away from us, which I don't hope is anytime soon. That man will represent the end of an era that of a certain kind of leadership which was needed up until now. Now, mm-hmm. what we need is, we need guidance, no doubt. We need direction, but one or two leaders, we don't need that no more. We have enough blueprint in front of us to do this on our own. You know, and it has, it's yep. more organic. Like, look at all these protests that are kicking off. There's no leader. There's no mighty mm-hmm. on the microphone. Pe- people are trying to jump in front of it, but the reality is it's sparking on its own. You know what I mean? As a matter of yeah. fact, the one thing that should be the leader is the leader, and that one thing is the conditions. Conditions dictate mm-hmm. action, not people. So for once, we've seen mm-hmm. it. Do, it's doing nature's kicking its course, and it's happening the right way. And I think a lot of times we, as black people, we don't really understand that concept of a leaderless movement. So we, we, we need a leader. Even though we're doing the right thing, you're putting out the fire. You're grabbing the water. you got it in the bucket. You're throwing it on the fire. you got the fire extinguisher. You can pull the pin. You, you see the blaze going out. But because you have no confidence in yourself and your ability to lead yourself, again, back to that self, you're like, I'm doing it, but I don't think I'm doing it right. You know, like when you're in the classroom and you, you raise your hand and answer the question, and then the white teacher goes, are you sure? Yeah. You know, from day one, yeah. they, they started breaking down your ability to believe in yourself. And that's our major. We don't yeah. believe in ourselves. Even mm-hmm. when I was out there in the situation, on the battlefront, we throwing tear gas back at the police. I've seen people let their nature come out, which is to defend the African community, go at the police. And then in the middle of the scuffle, they backed up. Like they realized, oh, man, oh what am I doing? And they got scared, even though they were winning. The slave kicked in, was like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And they mm-hmm. stopped right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that conditioning, that conditioning is real. And it's like what you said, my other take, too, on leadership. And I'm, and I'm always telling people, especially after, one of the things that I thank my father for is when I served under him, he basically almost made me do every position. You know how those days go, man. Right. Yeah, you put in your dude, you know. Um, right. And in. so to to be a chairman now, I can appreciate it 
but I also can know the other side of it. And one of the things that I'm always and I and I thank God for my my committee, man, because I don't have you know my membership now, man, out the gate, out of orientation, they tough. Um, but a lot of times I think people do that not to take responsibility. When you put it all on the leader, because that that that's the only time we want to be village and communal. Because when the right. team wins, everybody celebrates. Yay, we won. Right, you right, know, right. and when you don't quite get that victory, everybody want to look look at the leader, the so called leader. Right, right. You know, so it's a man. I it's agree. a double edged sword. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Definitely, it's definitely. about accountability and and responsibility. I don't know about. I like what you said. I I I don't. I've never thought that movements could ever have a leader like that. I know that they would have. I know one time you and I had a talk, and we talked about influencers. So that they can have right. influences. Now, what I would recommend as these um, figureheads, and, and, and we don't have a better word, so sometimes we have to say leaders or these chair people, what generals, whatever title we're putting on ourselves to say that we're the head officer or the person of this particular organization, should, I think now more than ever, political education and information is necessary. That the demands of the people should be heard because the anger of the people hasn't changed. It's just that these other organizations are so organized that they're going to take advantage of the anger of the people and have, and and be so crafty in presenting their issue that their issue is going to get addressed. And there again, we're back to where we started at ground one, the reformist, those people who don't want to see a complete and total constructive change, who don't want a black America, or who don't want whatever it is that black nationalism is in your fruition, they don't want black nationalism, they're going to present their agenda, and they're using this. They're telling the government, see, you better make some changes, better make some uh, reforms, better write some more laws. Oh, you know, right. Dr. King right. and the rights did that in, 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 in Kennedy's time, you know. So we had, they signed, what was it, Lyndon B. Johnson signed a great society act in the play in a lot of civil rights bills. Right. Right. So we've we've seen that played out before, you know, and we've seen our message of liberation pushed to the back. In fact, it goes into a conversation you and I were having earlier about why some of our uh, revolutionary fighters, some of our uh, freedom fighters are still you know, illegally held because we, we've allowed the issue of revolution to be taken to civil rights. And so since we never pushed that on the international scale, they criminalize revolutionaries and they're holding them to civil obligations and civil laws when they were waging a legitimate revolutionary struggle. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And if us as revolutionaries exactly. don't push it on that level, they're always going to keep it on the civil level. And now, so these 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 so-called uh, integrationists and civil rights activists and know that we don't have to make them our enemies. But if we if they don't work with us, if we don't find a way to use them to work with helping advance our goal overall, then they're really a detriment. Exactly. They're really. I, I really feel like it, it, it's a time. There's going to be a separation. I mean, we're not all going to go the same way, and I understand that. You know, um, like for me, like recently coming from, I went to visit Tulsa, you know, Oklahoma, seen it live, and I was on Wall Street, Black Wall Street, just the street, 
and just walking down and seeing, you know, that for myself and knowing the history of it. Like you said earlier, people think Wall Black Wall Street is an area. It's not. It's just a strip, one street where all the businesses. I'm glad you said that. Only. Yeah, it only further. Yeah, it only furthers to me that not that we can do it. We already did it. Not just in Tulsa, all over. We had a Black America right here. You know, most most places where we live as Black people in America were former Black Americas. That's that's the funny thing. We have we we still live in the same Raleigh, North Carolina, the same St. Louis's, the same Tulsa's, the same you know Harlem's or whatever, where we thrived. We still congregate there. We still live there. So. It's not a thing of if we can, will we can. It's like, let's just go ahead and do it. We already know how. It's in our blood, you know. And we have to be willing to, to separate away from this white man. That's the bottom line. You know, you, when I came earlier, you were talking about his nature. It is what it is. I mean, and, but at the same time, I can't convince uh, of someone who's blindly in love to see that person the way I see that person. Unfortunately, they're going to have to go through some really hard times, and maybe they'll come around at that time. That's how I view it. I can agree. I, I, I can agree with that. But, you know, I think that what's, what's happening is, like I said before in the beginning of the program, I think the illusion of inclusion is wearing off. So even those people mm-hmm. that want to buy into the whole multiculturalist big uh, celebration of Whatever. I don't even know what to damn call it. Just whatever. You know, whatever they call this <laughs> right, America. Right, right. Are waking up to the reality of their position and their station over here. Now, where I think that we, we lose a lot of people and where we could capture that is just a what I call a primitive black nationalism, which basically spells mm-hmm. out survivalism. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you just, you know, for the sake of continuity, for the sake of being able to continue, Race continuation, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's imperative that we make ourselves viable. You know what I'm saying? We're already valuable. Right. I mean, valuable. And 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 valuable. what I mean by yeah, that is different. that, yeah, that they feel it when they fuck with us. Exactly. That they right. feel it. And I'm not just talking about um, like they, you know, like we did in the uprising. That's part of it. They need to know that there's all kind of repercussions and reprisals for coming at us. But I'm also talking about economically and socially. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Economically and, 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 and socially. I love the, I want you to go back and touch on Black Wall Street because this is what goes into that. We were, You know, when you were telling me about Black Wall Street and we talked about it today because I saw it live. Listen, if you guys haven't seen Shaka's live, is it on your page, Shaka? Yeah, it's on my page. It definitely is. Go to Shaka, go to Shaka's page, Shaka Shakur's page, and check it out because it is so informative. You know, it will dispel a lot of myths. I am, I don't know, I was going to say ashamed, but I'm not ashamed to say I love learning and growing, but I was surprised that, like, what I thought of uh, Black Wall Street was totally shot out of the picture. Like Shaka said earlier, we were talking, I said, man, I thought it was a, you know, I'm I'm joking a little bit, but half serious. I thought it was damn near a whole other nation. You know, when you talk about Black Wall Street, Tulsa, I thought they had just took half of Tulsa. You know, and they had half. And when he's like, I'm watching this live, and he's like, it's a street. 
It's like 125th Street. It's like a. What I appreciated about that was it made it a reality. It wasn't, you know, which the Black Wall Street was always an aspiration, and it still is an aspiration, but it makes it even more inspirational because it's attainable, because it has mm-hmm. been done, and it's still being done. Are we supporting right. them? Are we making sure that we're defending them? Soldiers out there, now in the time of lawlessness and police showing their ass that they're not going to defend are you taking, you, you want to, listen, you want a mission, General so-and-so, and Captain, your boy, and everybody else, defense of the black economic. Find the black Wall Street in your area and defend mm-hmm. that from from, yeah. from that enemies, the whether that's... Exactly. Huh? Not saying exactly, I agree you, with you. Yeah, yeah. Defend that from the looters, from the, you know, all of that. Black businesses. Go defend our black Wall Street. So I do love that... Um, you know, the the realness of that, of that live, going into that. And because it's something we can do. And I said all that to say that it goes back to this is how we're going to pull those people who aren't, in revolutionary terms, we call the lumping or the proletariat. You know, the working, the hardworking class, the blue collar, or the hustler, the below, below the working class, the proletarian, the hustler, the pushing, whatever, whatever, the street guy or gal, whatever you want to call it. But those uh, so-called middle class, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, that even this is why revolution is going to be unique, because even the petty bourgeoisie have a stake in black revolution. Even the so-called middle class, even the so-called well-to-do that want to believe that they have uh, finally made it, this was a check, a reality check. It was a reminder of the times that they had been pulled over and they just tried to brush it off as an isolated incident. No, 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 maybe I was driving too fast. Maybe I would. This was a reality check. There was no hiding right. from your blackness. So this is a this is a point of connection even for them. That was not the time to isolate or alienate them. That was the time to say, hey, you see yeah. what's happening? You know. You're down with this. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy because, like, down with this. you know, Right now, while we're talking, I got a video the other day from Minneapolis, Minnesota or Minneapolis, I'm not sure. But what's happening in that community is after the uprising took place, it left a void in the black community. And you have white supremacists who are running daily raids on the black community trying to burn down, again, their Wall Street, trying to destroy their businesses. So you have black people with arms taking that stand and defending, policing their own selves. You know, which I think is incredible. And that's on my page, too. I posted it. Somebody sent it in. I posted it up, you know, that you can hear the gunshots in the background. Like they're talking how these white people are coming from different angles trying to penetrate and get in. And these are ordinary folks, which is only, you know, it's crazy because during the Black Wall Street situation, I want to be clear. It's not like we had black police confronting white police. It was black brothers, mostly from just home from the war who were like, uh-uh, enough is enough. You're not going to lynch this young man for no reason. And they grabbed weapons and went and confronted the white mob and the police, you know, which means that this, the average person took the stand. So I say that to say now for all of those who are soldiers, who, who think like that, like deploy some troops, man. Send some troops out there to Minneapolis or Minnesota, wherever it is. Go check my page and get in touch with those people. Send them some reinforcement. And then let's start to reinforce right. our own communities. You know, let's start to do it now. Like, 
you, you know, people have been arguing for years about taking our kids out of their schools. Well, there is no school right now. There might never, ever be school again. You know, think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're saying there are influxes of COVID-19 popping up all over the place. You know, so you might find yourself, we might be back in that lockdown again. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very reality. The world may never go back to what we thought it was or what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So take advantage. This is the time to take advantage of these things and build the schools now. Don't wait for one individual yeah. to give you a school. Build your own schools. You know, and all these communities mm-hmm. got all these buildings and churches and all these things and technology. Zoom and do your thing. You know, we, we have mm-hmm. the opportunity to, to do it now. And we really need to stop making excuses and stop, you know, uh, shuffling and whatnot, knee shuffling and jerking, and just go ahead and do it. You know, this is going to separate those from others. Some of us have land. Those of us that have land, we need to be sitting down and chatting with each other about how we can grow some crops, how we can build some things and see what herbs is out there and pull all this together, man. Instead of trying to push each other to the side, let people who know what they're doing step up and do it. You know, because mm-hmm. what I keep seeing mm-hmm. is, and the one thing I see a lot is you have individuals who talk nationhood, but they really about their own hood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. we don't have time for those guys anymore, those charlatans who are playing around. They're being exposed too, left and right. And then and opportunities yeah. are being exposed also. And, and the last thing I want to touch before I turn back over, let's be clear, man. Black Lives Matter is a hell of a statement but it is not a slogan for black power or a replacement for black revolution. Black Lives right. Matter is basically pleading to white people to understand that we are human too, which I have no problem with that statement. But that doesn't replace black power. You know, that, that, that doesn't replace I'm black and I'm proud. Black is beautiful. You know, those are slogans to uplift our people. I am not going to continue to run around here saying black lives matter, black lives matter. Okay, so if it matters, then let's show them it matters. Let's build a nation. And let's defend yeah, that nation. Absolutely. And, and let's show them we don't even absolutely. need you. Let's show them Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, when we talk about the influence. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the influence of the movement, where they came in. Right. And that's such a broad statement. It's such a, it, it actually was genius because what it does is speaks to everything and nothing at the same time, you know, and it has, you know, and it has everybody Mm -hmm. chanting, everybody can get behind it, whether you're part of the actual Black Lives Matter movement or not, you you holler that, you wear the t-shirts, which what it does is it gives their representatives juice. So now Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter, the organization issues will be addressed. You out there, Black Lives Matter! Shirt, hat, buttons, posters, everything, and you're not a part of that organization, so technically that organization doesn't speak for you. And then you would turn around and call me or get all my posts and my Facebook and ask what we're doing. And I simply right. ask, where are you in, in your fight for your own liberation? What is it that you want? Right. Because, you know, I naturally assume when I see you out there with Black Lives Matter, that what they're speaking for is what you want. I'm naturally going to assume that you're, you're, you know, you're with them. You're not talking to nobody has talked to their leadership and said, okay, this is what we want in conjunction with. Can we work together? They have taken the movement. 
Right. And, it, it's been and they're working. They have, they have a lot of money. They have yeah, a lot exactly. of money funding, funding that yep. to make sure it happens. Absolutely. And we have to be wise Absolutely. enough. Absolutely. The only thing we, that can be done now is we have to be wise enough to take that slogan and make it ours and make it attached to black power. You know what I mean? Like, don't get That's it twisted. It. You know, people, people yelling black lives matter. Okay, it's cool. We wear a shirt. It shows unity in the street. It shows unification. It definitely gets on the nerves of white people. Okay, great, but that's as far as it goes. Now, with the agenda, like you said, I don't know the leadership. I've never spoken. What I've seen of it. There you I go. Agree with, you know? So yeah. when, when they come to talk, because every war goes to the table at some point. And when it goes to the table, who's going to be sitting at the table on behalf of us? That's the point. Us. That's the point. So lead, that's the point of what I'm saying about blind. In Islam, we call it taqlid. You remember taqlid? Blind right. following. Yes. Blind, blind following. following. You're caught, we're caught up in the momentum. We got the shirts. We got the hats. And like you said, we're not saying anything is wrong with that if their leadership speaks for what you're about. But if you're wearing and pushing that, at the very least, you should attend their meetings and say, hey, do you guys speak for us or why isn't the representative or why isn't this issue being addressed or this is how we feel because, yo, really, I'm King Boo Boo of the South Side and them really all my niggas in them T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Y'all really ain't rocking like that in the hood like that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't getting no work in the hood like that to be, yo, you ain't rolling like that. These my peeps. But since as revolutionaries, we haven't either, like you said, so we have to, if we're going to rock that way for unity, then us as revolutionaries need to go to Black Lives Matter and say, look, y'all really kind of misrepping. We know that everybody that's rocking that, your, that gear like that is not with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And so we feel like that the, all, every, you know, we want to make sure that the issue of black discrimination of uh, the, the things that are happening to us based on our being descendants of enslaved Africans, not because I, not black homosexual. It didn't happen because George Floyd was gay. You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen because right, he was right. a Muslim or a Christian. It didn't happen. Yes, his human rights were violated, but they were violated because he was black. So we don't, with right. all of these other side issues. Side of town, all of yeah, right. It, Exactly. All these other side issues y'all trying to distract it with, or consciously or subconsciously, intentionally or unintentionally. Let us not forget what it stems from. The, the, what is it? The systemic problem of racism. Let us not uh, forget what it stems from. So every solution, whether they be human rights solutions or reformist solutions, must derive from the foundation of race. Black. Black, not just general. That's how you killed us. That's how they killed us with the these so-called civil rights bill when they said minority. The women were technically a minority. The Chinese right. who came were technically a minority. So that language killed. No, no, no. None of that. Not the second go around. Black. Us. Exactly. Specifically. I mean, we want it spelled out. Right. No more games. Quite frankly, man, I, I think what needs to happen, man, I mean, hey, we might have to start a BPM, Black Power matters, you know what I mean? Like, enough. Real we talk, man. Real talk. You know, black power matters. Real talk. You know, and we got to start saying, Real talk. like you said, we have to be clear clear about what we want and who we are, man. And, and yeah. like, me personally, I might exist in this system, but I exist in America 
the way I existed in the penal system when I was locked up in the penitentiary. I existed there and did what I had to do because there was no other way out right now. And that's how I feel about America, man. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not worried about the fall of America. The fall of let's be clear, people say, Oh well America is falling. No, white dominance is falling. This, this, the America ain't going right. White dominance is falling. Right. White you know, white illusion of superiority is crumbling. That's it. You know what I mean? The machine yeah. gonna keep rolling yeah. because the real corporations that run the machine, they don't give a damn about those white so called people. You know, they give a damn about exactly. the money. So they they got to exactly. keep the machine in place, and they and they got to put all color faces in those places to keep it running. Oh, trust me, they'll do it. And they got to put all females yes. in and make it a regime of women to run the country. They will do it. You know, hell, they got to yep. teach an ape how to fly a plane. They will, because they want to keep their machine mm-hmm. running. Let's not let's mm-hmm. not be fooled for a minute. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. I got told the other day. You know, this we see they was like, well, I think it's going to be an all-out race war. It, like there hasn't already been an all-out race war for the last four hundred years. Right, you know, like we're not like, in one. <laughs> right. like we're in a, we, we, we've been right. in a race war since they snatched us and brought us over here. So let's there be clear is. about what we're saying and don't get played into these. I hear I'm listening to the radio, you know, and we're starting to duplicate terms like race riot, like Tulsa was a race riot. No, it wasn't. It was a massacre. It was uneven. Straight it up. was a blatant attack. That's a massacre. You know what I mean? It was a, mm-hmm. uh, it was a, a, a illegal massacre. Call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same thing now. Like I don't want to hear. You know, well, the, the rioters, it wasn't right. These are uprisings occurring all over the country, mm-hmm. uprisings. You know, and people that are listening yeah. to this radio show, if you're losing any other language, then I'm sorry, listeners, you are a part of the problem, point blank. Mm-hmm. Like, don't use other languages. Don't use the language yeah. of the oppressor when you're describing your liberation because you're snuffing out the liberation. If you're listening to this radio and you don't want black nationalism, you don't want an independent autonomy, you don't want self-determination, then you are a part of the problem. You know, and the word yeah. is obvious. If you don't want to strive for freedom like other people do, then you deserve to die. Simple. Enough playing mm. around. Like, at this point, enough playing around. I, I don't care if another person ever listens to Shaka Shaka again. Why are we playing games? We must right. stand for ourselves. No one else is going to stand for us. Hell, even our cousins over the seas are just just starting to stand for us because you know what? The Chinese in, in Africa have put a lot of pressure on the Africans to where they're kind of feeling like what we feel over here with the white folks. So now they're kind of mm-hmm. identifying, which is finally mm-hmm. a good thing because now they're being kicked out of places in their own homeland where they can't go shop, mm-hmm. they can't eat in their homeland. See, prior to that, they didn't feel our pain. They didn't understand what we were saying, but now they do. So, yeah, they're jumping yeah. on board, and that's a good thing, you know. And if you don't understand, I'm not fooled by a liberal white man or a sympathetic Asian or a very nice Pakistani, you know, or Arabian. No, I'm not fooled by that because even you guys, the only reason some of them are even uh, uh, pleading or feeling any mercy towards us because you know we're going to win. And you want to make sure you're on the right mm-hmm. side of the winners. I'm not, I'm not foolish. That's you, it. you know, and some of us That's are going to stop being foolish too. Every white person that mm-hmm. comes to us and wants to be our friend, yeah, because statues are coming down, no doubt. And for black people, stop saying statues coming down don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. Yes, it does, because when you take a symbol away, it sends a message. That's why nobody, if you would bomb the, the Statue of Liberty, it would send a message. That's why when you were little, yeah. the first I'm going to tell you, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, and we may just—we may be on opposing ends of, the, of, of that issue. I, I'm kind of disappointed they're taking the statues down. 
I I am so sense. disappointed. Huh? In one sense. What? In one it, sense. Because I, I think that, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like this devil is trying to cut his horns off and tuck his tail. You know, I feel like they already have softened the history of slavery, you know, by us not controlling our own education. If we don't damn near teach our children outside of what they're teaching them, they, I, you know, slavery is already so watered down that I feel when you remove the statues, when you start changing the names of, of buildings from these hate mongers and these slave owners and these killers and these murderers, that 500 years from now, we'll be thinking we came over on the Santa, the Pinta, and the, the Maria. What was if, what was they did the main flower the center the picture? Wow. Right, but that's that's if we if we stop telling the story, because there are stories of our oppression. There were no statues, but we told the stories. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we are. Yeah, the, stat, the statue coming down. Even if they kept the statue up, the statues have been up forever. The Confederate flag has been a symbol of racism forever. But when I was a kid, I, I liked right. the hazards. I played. I played with the General Lee. It was a goddamn car with a Confederate yeah. flag on it, named after a murderer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, they yeah. got no watch because my elders, who I love dearly, didn't sit me down and tell me what the hell that was. So I think it's, it's our job, statue or no statue, to tell our story. And really, there's no excuse now because you can push a button and make a video. You know what I mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. I, I got nothing against Henry Louis Gates. Great guy. But I watch the history things that he does, and yes, they're watered down. I'm not going to get mad at him because he works for PBS. I'm going to take my phone, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my black ass to the side of history, and I'm going to tell that story. And I'm going to tell that story yeah. the way it should be told. You know what I mean? That's what we got to start doing on, on that tip. You know, if the only way it's going to go down, the way you're saying, is if we don't get off our asses and go out there and get that research, get that information, turn on these phones, the same phones we be filming the club, and filming all the bullshit, take that phone and film history. Find an elder, put and that I phone see, in their face, and let them tell us. Yeah. And I see that, be, but Shaka, honestly, I see be, that being a very real possibility. I look at the revisionist history now. Look at all the pamphlet formations. And this is not a slap mm-hmm. on the pamphlet, you know, formations out there, but how many of them really know? So many, like, I know what I practice. And I know the difference mm-hmm. between what my party practices and what they people call the original with uh, Dr. Uh, Defense Minister Dr. Newton practice and Chairman Bobby Seale mm-hmm. practice. But how many mm-hmm. really think that Dr. Newton, Bobby Seale, Garveyites, like now that the red, black, and green flag was a part of that is we really have – uh, allowed for, which I think in some points were necessary because the new Panthers, this new formation of saying the Panthers, I think best reflects and identifies with our revolutionary struggle now. But really, it's almost to the point where um, history is so rewritten that they don't know that they were socialists, that they don't know they weren't technically like that black Nazi. They didn't have a red, black, and green flag. They weren't technically you know, they were in, uh-huh. in to me, because like they said, their, their inspiration was Malcolm. And that's unrefutable and undeniable. You know what I'm saying? So that makes them a black nationalist in concept. In my mind, I wouldn't even argue the point. But technically, for those that would argue the point, and for the, and, and for the point of history, the integrity of history. So my fear is, going back to the statues, that if there is no history, 
to tell about, that history won't get told. I think it is a very real possibility with the pain and the trauma that black people face. The, you know, I already see us practicing escapism. You know, I know people mm-hmm. that, and myself being one of them, my mouth closer to my ears in, in, in my conclusion. I'm ashamed of it. I can probably give you the seer of Muhammad, the history of Muhammad and the, the, the genealogy of Muhammad and the companions of Muhammad before I could, you know, a lot of greats in Africa and, and even in America. So this mm-hmm. propensity, this need to escape the trauma of being black in America, um, that very real long desire added with them erasing history, I think, would just be too much for us to fight to say, I'm willingly going to remember the trauma and pass the trauma on. I think we would bite the bait and really just buy into a revisionist history, a whole new uh, I mean, a whole new direction to escape niggardom. I think we, we, well, some of us have already bought into that escapism and with the without statues. Let's just be clear. Right. With the without okay. statue. Yeah. Some of us already have, but most of us have ever escaped and tried to run around it. Um, you know, I think the, the bringing down of the statues, one, let's be clear, bringing down the statues does not erase the racist sentiment of those who built the statues and the love for the people that were on those statues by those who built those statues. Let's be clear. That doesn't break the institution. All they'll do is, and by the way, I want to be clear, they're not destroying statues. They're re-centering the statues. So they're taking them from town squares and moving them to other locations that are oh. away from people. So let's be clear. They're not destroying the statues. Okay. The okay. people during the uprisings okay. destroyed statues. What they're suggesting is we take the statue out of the time, the center of town, and we're going to move it to a designated history location. So now these white supremacists yeah. will pick the land, and they will have a shrine of their heroes. So the statues ain't going away. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, okay. And like, okay. Let's, let's take Atlanta, for instance. You have whole housing develops called such and such plantation. So yeah. they might change the street, the street name from General Robert E. Lee Street, but the building is named such and such plantation for the housing thing there. You know? So yeah. there yeah. are always going to be historic remnants of our pain. The job of us, our people, is to seek those things out and bring them to the forefront. Everybody is mm-hmm. not going to face the trauma. Let's be real. And I'm really not concerned too much with people who want to forget. You know what I mean? Go ahead and forget. I don't want to forget. Jews have no statue of Hitler, yet they keep Hitler's treachery to their people alive on their lips. There is no statue yeah. of Hitler to take down. But they teach every generation about the Holocaust. You know what I mean? There is no, you know, there's no big atom bomb in Hiroshima. But yet they teach every generation about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So the same yeah. thing goes for us. It's we, we're just not on our job hard enough. You know what I mean? And the reformists and the escapists, they're on their job. That's why young people gravitate yeah. to them. Because they're out there. They're making videos. They're doing documentaries. They're teaming up with PBS and all this other stuff to make this watered-down version of our history. So, again, the job falls on us, the revolutionary, to get our asses in gear. And I work twice as hard. Bob, Bob Marley said, I don't take a day off because the enemy never takes a day off. Exactly. I agree. And that, but see, that's, that's my concern. And, I, and you make some very valid points. Yeah. On the on the on, on the statue, but that's my concern. My just biggest concern is 
the enemy being even more uh, confusing to identify. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm and like you said, the okay. Jews, the Jews don't. The Jews, you're right. They don't have uh, statues of Hitler nor uh, Japan of uh, uh, the bomb, uh, uh, the bombed Hiroshima. But like I, you know, I always say, and time is getting short, and I'm gonna give you time to. Say something yeah. back. You know, th- our revolution is going to be so different because the Jew, one thing Hitler never did to the Jew was take his identity. And I think no that doubt. that is a big, you know, knowing the depth over in America is tantamount to knowing yourself. You know, knowing that devil, that devil needs to be clear cut and concise. You need to know he is a devil because when you know he's a devil, you will know yourself because you're birthed out of his devilment, out of his wickedness, out of his crimes. You're birthed out of that. Right. So you have to know um, what you have, the what you've been exposed to, the traumas and the horrors you've been exposed to, but what is not natural. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why you got to know your enemy. Right. It's like, okay, it looks natural. It, 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 it's given to me as it's natural, but I don't feel it, and I need to know why I don't feel it, because he's a devil. This is who he is. This is what he's did. This is what... I don't want, um, in my conclusion, just, and I see what you're saying. You know, I really do see what you're saying. But I don't want our people hundreds of years from now thinking something is wrong with them because they naturally don't get it when this white man has tried to erase or tried to ease some of his treacheries. Like, you know, uh, the the teachings of Thomas Jefferson in love with – what was her name? Sarah, Sarah, Sister Sarah. Sarah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, come on, man. A master can never love a slave. A slave can never love a master. You know what I'm saying? I think what that's you, just romanticism. Just that's, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, she, but no you see how that story is told. So when my son's coming, but I know that. But what if I'm a parent that doesn't know to correct that with my son when he comes to me and tells me about Thomas Jefferson? He went in there that Thomas Jefferson wrote this, and he loved that. I said, did he tell you they sold their children? Did he, they, he didn't love her. They didn't love, you know. So what's the parent that doesn't, isn't able to tell the child that? But, you know, it is. But like you said, then who wants to go a place that you're paying taxes that you got to go to, and then there's this big monument of not just hate but inferiority? This motherfucker owned us. This, you know, so I, I can see both sides. Listen, I'm going to give you, pass the mic to you, let you have some say on that, and uh, we're going to leave the mic open for about five more minutes. If anybody wants to jump in in our closing time, press yeah. one. Come in with George yeah, and I in the closing remarks. Yeah, if anybody you know, want to jump in, let's, you know, let's, rock let's, out. let's let somebody jump in. Well, if they want to jump in. You know, I, I, okay. I just think it's a, uh, we got a caller? Is that a caller? Yeah, okay. did you want to say something? We got to call and call. I see that, you know, but I would give you the opportunity if you want to say something. All right, no, absolutely. Cool. Hello? Four, four, three, sixty, fifty. Your mic's over. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I just, uh, I caught the, like, the last, uh, like, the last ten minutes, and uh, I just wanted to mm-hmm. ask y'all, have y'all, um, have y'all heard of the Irritated Genie? Uh, the irritated, genie. yeah. Yes. Oh, the irritated genie, yeah. Okay, have you um have y'all ever had him on y'all show by any chance? Uh, so, no, 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 I haven't. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, cause uh, I was uh, recently um 
like one of my friends had uh, told me about y'all show, and like the, the the first show that I listened to that y'all was talking about was um, y'all was talking about homosexuality and how it's mm-hmm. usually swept under the rug. And I think um, mm-hmm. it was it was a great show, and you know it was a lot. Of, I know y'all don't got a lot of time left, but I think. Um, it would be a great idea if y'all were able to get in touch with Irritate Genie and bring him on, because I think he would be able to shed light on um, that entire that entire uh, that entire discussion. Like he'd be able to expand on it a great deal. Uh-huh. Okay, man. Well, you know, we can look into it for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're not above looking. Appreciate that. Did you have a, a comment to go with it? Um, yeah, like, I, I tried to, uh, I tried to catch on to the show earlier, but I was still working at the time, but as far as what I've heard, um, uh, y'all, y'all got a lot of great, a lot of great stuff that y'all talk about that more of us need to be talking about. You know, a lot of us too focused on the wrong things, and, um, mm. I, I think y'all brought up an excellent point about uh, the identity thing, because I feel like if you know if 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 we don't have, if we don't have our identity, then we really not going to go. We're not going anywhere without our identity. We got to get that back by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Right on, sir. Right on. Well, William, thank you for that, Carla, and definitely spread the word, man. Bring more people to listen, and, and we'll start trying to reach out to other brothers that are doing the work, like Irritated Genies who I know has been doing the work for a long time, and others. You know, we're not against that or, you know, above that. So thank you. Yeah, right on, man. Thank you. And, and like Shaka said, man, spread the word. Join us. We're every Tuesday at 8. Che- you know, come check us out. Uh, you know, check out the show. Also, I got to plug, you know, People's Life and Part Self-Determination. Shows Sunday at 8. You can check them out. This Sunday will be my show, actually. So I'll be on, again, Sunday at 8. Uh, same number. You check us out. We wrote, you know, various Sundays. We have different hosts, different programs, but always there's uh, something going on Sunday. Shaka, let's go to the phone lines again, man. We have someone on there. You cool yeah. with that? Yeah, cool. yeah, bring them on. It's all good. All right. 772-2302. Peace, peace. Um, and we're cool. Peace. Too. We're cool I was... Too. Um, Wanted to speak on the, on the very last thing you were talking about as far as the monuments. I do see both mm-hmm. sides. Um, our history could be lost as far as what we are relaying to our, our young people if those things are not there. But, however, we are not doing a great job of teaching them anyway, and they are there right. currently and up to this point. Mm-hmm. So with that one, it's like, eh. Um, we do need to be notating where they're taking them because, like um, Brother Shaka said, they are not destroying them like those that are, you know, involved in the uprisings that snatching them down. So we need to be knowing, you know, know where they are taking them, and then we can pass that information on. And we can go take trips. No different than when some of us listen to their news just to keep mm-hmm, up with mm-hmm. what they're Absolutely. thinking, what they're talking about. So, so we need to be doing that. But as far as I was, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just wanted to add to what you're saying, and you might. I would love. I I love the fact that Shaka said they're not destroying them. I know it's twisted and morbid of me, but it it because I, that would be a place I would take my grandchildren, 
And my and I would constantly mm-hmm. point out the barbarity and the hatred and just that a you know a so-called people levied against not just us but the native. I never want them to forget. And you know one of the reasons that I say you know taking it from their capitals, taking it because I'm a separatist. So you know constantly a reminder that this isn't mine in any shape, way, form, or fashion. Just is more motivation for me. And I would hope those people to see that, to really know there is no home for us here. We must build our own. But I do, Shaka brought some good points. You know, I'm like, ah, man, this dude's going to change my view. But please continue. Continue. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say I was speaking earlier about this with someone, and, and the point that really drove it home to me um, was how things have been stripped away from us, our symbols, our names our songs, our rituals, and mm-hmm. what has that done to us as a people. So the same thing with them. Those are their symbols, and, yes, they should not be able to see them, just like we, you know, for the longest time was not able to see ours. So in that way, it's kind of bringing us some sort of balance if we were to use it in that way or at least look at it that way because their mm-hmm. children will get the same um, pride when they walk into a building. You know, to see their people. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, well, I. You know, I can see that. I can see. I can see some wisdom in that. That is, a, you know, that does deprive them. You know, to the victor goes the spoil type thing. You don't get to have your trophy, ha ha. You know, but you you see your dominance and your conquest in the people you've captured. Everybody speaks English. We're walking around acting like you, eating like you, emulating you, mm-hmm. uh, mimicking you in our family structure. So we see your. Conquest. We see your dominance. We see your so, like Shaka said, we really don't need your stat. The statute to me is more a, a teaching for us. It is a countermeasure. It's to let my children know you will never be, never have been, never will you ever be a part of their American dream. They have a place for you. Point mm-hmm. number five in the ten point platform, the program of the People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination, as well as the Black Panther Party, is we want a history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society and the role of the black man and woman in this decadent society. So I want them to know how they're looked at by their enemy. So that's two things. One, I want you to know clearly that's your enemy. Make no mistakes about it. If if there's, like you and I were talking about Shaka earlier, um, if there's a hundred wolves and 10 of them are good, I'm not going to go through the 90 to try to find a good 10. I'm going to avoid them all. So clearly, by nature, that's your enemy. By their design and purpose, right, what right. they brought you here for. And secondly, know how they look at you so that you will know how to react. You know, don't get in here arguing with this white man thinking he looks at you equal. He looks at you as a threat. So when he gets out of hand, do what you got to do, son. When you feel like it's getting exactly. out of hand, son, don't go keep trying to ration with the devil. Do what you got to do. Either I'm going to burn you out or I'm going to bury you. But do what you got to do, son. You know, if you're going to come on to me, say yeah. you, but you have to estimate. Don't be under the false illusion. Know how they view you. Be law-abiding. Be a good man. Be everything. But you are black and know how they view you. I pre, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, please, I, I, I can get along this. with it. <laughs> I want to leave the family with this and then I'll step off. Um, 
with with these things being removed, the names and the streets being renamed and, and statues, it seems like there's a consorted effort to do so all around the country. Like they all received the memo. And me, you know, not wanting to sound conspiracy theorist, but we know that every time they do something, it looks good, but they're doing something else behind the scenes. And that's where my, oh. my greatest concern is here. I know that um, over the weekend they passed uh, – um, I wouldn't say a law, but the um, parents in Colorado are no longer able to opt out of, of getting having their children vaccinated. And we know that they've been trying to push this mass vaccination across the world as far as COVID is concerned. And then other things, and then talking about putting a chip in us, so they'll know who's been this, that, and the third, you know. And um, we're not we're not focusing on that because the focus is elsewhere. We're happy, many of us, that they're taking these monuments down, but we have to consider what's happening in the background. And this vaccination issue and shortages of food and other things is happening steadily. And they've even started pushing the COVID numbers back up again. So we have things that hold our attention and should have our attention, but at the same time we can't, family, just um, focus on those things that they're promoting even though mm-hmm. they're, they want our attention, but they are promoting those things. So we have to continue to think. Uh, and um, as far as our, our children, we have to start really moving them away from their systems. I mean, we got them out right now. So we got to figure out a way to be educating our children. I'm probably just speaking to the, the choir right now on this call, but, you know, that's all I want to say. Wow. I that goes back to what we're saying, the difference between leadership and guidance. See, what we need now is guidance because, yes, they are doing a lot of things on many different places. So what we have to have, we have to have a consorted effort to say, okay, Yanga, you're going to focus on, you know, the, the, the statue issue. Shaka, you're going to focus on what's going on with police reform. And, sister, you're going to focus on what's going on with the vaccinations. And then we need to come and bring these things to the forum and to the forefront, you know, and believe me, if, if everybody would grab a piece of this and bring it to the forefront, it'll all get hurt. It'll all get hurt. Cause you know, mm-hmm. like back, like with the, the, the basic thing with the statues starting there, leaving the statues up. I understand that. But why are we relying on them to teach us about us? Like I went to black wall street. Right on. There is no more black. There is no more Black Wall Street. None of it existed. It is gone. But there are pictures of it. So what's so hard about me taking a picture, blowing it up to a 20 by 20 frame, and standing on the exact same spot where this happened and telling people, you see this? It was right here. Where I, like I, I pointed to the floor where the, yep. the old man was killed. You know, he's not there no more, but I was, and I have a picture. Here, this is what happened. We have to get creative with our, our resistance and not rely on them to leave us things. There are museums all over the country. We know everything in that museum is stolen and has a history behind it. Why are we not taking our children into these museums and giving them the lecture that they need to hear? You know, these are questions we have there. Same thing with the vaccination that the sister brought up. You know, there's a whole book called Medicine, you know, and Medical Apartheid. Why are we not going back to that book and checking this stuff out and, and, and bringing it back to the surface? It, at the end of the day, it's all on us, man. It's all on us. And I don't want I love black folks to get comfortable and get away from the fact that our freedom is our responsibility. No one else's. 
I don't care if they put up 50 more statues or take down 50 more statues, put up 50 more Confederate flags or take down 50 more Confederate flags. It is the job of the African to free the African, and, and, and that's the bottom line. No one else is responsible for that, and we, we get away from that, and, and, and this is a war, and there'll be casualties. Some of us just can't go, period. All right, I'm going to yield on that. I think we're going to end the show on that. It's going to take us to free us, whether they put up 50 statues or take down 50, whether they give, take, whatever, it's going to take us to free, and that's, and, and, and that's self-determination right there. Shaka said it in a nutshell. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. Man, I appreciate everybody spending that Tuesday with us. Appreciate the call. I believe yeah, I know yeah. what that was. I'm going to introduce herself. Uh, I will fuss later about her waiting to the end of the show and calling in with all of those <laughs> wonderful topics. And, and you know what I'm saying? All of that energy, you want to wait till the last 10, 15 minutes. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Man, but well, we, we that, man, we, we hope to check. We might have to pull the call up segment a little earlier. You know, and and it's like yeah. this: in the call in segment. Uh, listen, listeners, it's open throughout the show. If you hear something we touch on, right. hit one, hit one, and we will discuss that. For the it's it's a uh, we're, we're we're talking, man. We're coffee table talking. Uh, sitting on the stoop, however you did it in your hood when you just wrapped and was comfortable talking to your peeps, you know. That's what we doing. We pop right. in, we informal. Y'all see me cut shock off all the time. He's so patient with me. You know what I'm saying? It's one of them things. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, but yo, what about yeah, this? Yo, God. Yo, yo, it's that conversation. <laughs> so press one, <laughs> press one and join us. Man, hit us, hit us next week, man, when I got Shaka. Um, next Tuesday, let's talk about it. We'll see what the topic is, what I'll start doing, because check Shaka's lives out. When Shaka goes live, I'll start, we'll start discussing the topic on his live. So when we come on the radio, we can have some things to rap about. Catch my man doing lives. Yeah. If radio ain't your thing, my boy got it for you. Definitely check out the document. I'd be amiss not to plug the party. Check out the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination on Sundays at 8 o'clock. This Sunday is my night. Uh, the Sunday after me will be Chief War. It's going to be probably with the Panther 48. Man, if you talk about political education and some analysis and, and really going into some things, check them out. Then we go to um, uh, me and then Big Mama's house. Check that out. It's all about family. You know, there is no revolution without family. So we got to get our family straight. Okay. So we got Big Mama's house to tell us about our rag ourselves. You know, in a loving way. Like only like only Big Mama's could. Check that only out. Only Big Mama could. Um, check out the Facebook page. You know, just whatever. And in the and I'm gonna end it in the words of my chief. Like he says, check us out. See if we're fit for you. Look us out, you know what I'm saying? But if we're not that fit for you, find an organization and join it. Oh. You must participate in your own liberation struggle. That's right. All right. Wakusu. Right on. So with that, we're gonna hit you with the Wakusu. Wake up, clean up. Clean up. Stand up. Stand up. That's right. Indeed. Peace. Peace.
one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics acknowledges, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee I duck, could it be my time is up, with my love I got up, the cops shot again, bust stop glass burst, a fiend drops his Heineken, ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in, blacking out, I shoot back, fuck getting hit, this is my hood, I'm a rat, to the death of it, to everybody, come on, little niggas is grown, hood rats, don't abortion your wound, we need more warriors soon, sent from the stars, sun and the moon, and it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers, sick of kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors, if you really think you're ready to die, with nines out, this is what nines about, nigga, the time is now. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six winners to you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of max. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis. Do more than just hold it, explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way, they bust, we bust, they rush, we bust Let's fly and feel it, I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war, lie them down Cause we stronger now, my nigga, the time is now
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.